So if the Trojans practice, but the media isn't there to watch, did it really happen? And is the Trojans 2023 recruiting class about to get bigger? That's what's coming up next on Locked On USC. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on again, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thanks for making Locked on USC your first listen. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you download your podcasts, we are free, and we thank you for coming along for the ride. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Give us your feedback. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. And again, you got some questions, send them on in. We will answer them. I promise. All right. So... The Trojans held practice on Thursday. We're recording this episode Thursday evening. And once again, the media wasn't allowed to be, to attend. Um, you know, the media is allowed to watch the first 20, 25 minutes of practice. Uh, that, which again, just to re, to, to kind of rehash what it, what we get to do. We get to watch the team going through the strength and conditioning exercises. They split up into their position groups. They run some drills. And then um, we're basically told, get out, come back and do interviews when practice is over. So while I'm recording this episode, there's 23, the, the team's 23 days away from opening up the season against the Rice Owls. And look, I'm not trying to cause any waves here whatsoever. I want to be very clear about that. Um, but based on what the media is allowed to watch, why are their days blocked out? You know, the, literally what we get to see, what we get to report on with our own eyes, um, the, we're not giving anything away. If there are injuries, it's going to get out there eventually. Um, when we talk to the coaches, you know, we'll ask them, hey, so-and-so was, wasn't was here or so-and-so was on the sidelines. And Lincoln Riley is the coach who will give us an injury update. So, you know, the fans appreciate um, the limited amount of access that we do have and what we're able to provide. Um, so, you know, I understand that um, if Lincoln doesn't want to talk to the press after after every practice, that's fine. I get that, um, but I don't think any head coach uh, has ever talked to the press after every practice, at least in the time that I've been covering USC. Um, going back further, who knows? Maybe that was part of the practice. But, you know, Lincoln can run this team however he wants, but on the day when the team is coming out in full pads uh, for the first time in fall camp, there was nobody there to, you know, take picks and, uh, showing showing the Trojan family, you know, the team wearing their team colors for the first time this year. Yeah, you know, you get to see them in their jersey and so forth heading to practice, but it's just, it's different when you see them rocked up. You know, you got the shoulder pads on, the cardinal color jersey, the, the gold pants, the black cleats, and the whole ensemble. It, it really sells the fact that, hey, the season's almost here. <coughs> So again, you know, we're not, 
at least from my perspective, and I know um, coaches may, might have a different perspective on the, on the situation, but we're not the enemy, the press. Um, you know, the fans have been chomping at the bit to get excited again. And so those few minutes of, of film and pictures and video uh, that, that we get to, to provide in the time that we're allowed to, to film practice, uh, that is literally satisfying the Snickers and all the divas, including some of us in the media. Uh, so some, if you might remember, Snickers used to run a, a commercial. You're acting like a diva. Have a Snickers. Uh, our little two, three minutes of video that we get to burst uh, is like a giant Snickers for the Trojan family. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, so, again, um I'm just not sure why we're there on Wednesday. We're not there on Thursday, but we'll be back there again on Friday. No, no, it just seems kind of odd, especially when you're going full pads for the first time. You know, if you don't want us there on Friday, that makes more sense. Um, you know, give us a chance to show everybody what the team looks like. Uh, now, you know, we have nothing more to report on from practice because we don't get to see it, you know, on certain days. Um, you know, I guess maybe a suggestion I would have, and I'm sure people uh, at USC will get wind of this. And I can always make the suggestion to, uh, to Katie Ryan, the sports information director for the football team. Um, let's keep practice open to the media through the end of fall camp and fall camp essentially typically basically ends uh, when the the team goes to starts starts classes and I believe that's August 22nd is the first day of classes so at that point you know what close up ranks um, let the you know let the team kind of get acclimated to having to fit school in with practice as well um, and that's a, at that point you can keep the media away, uh, really focus in on the game plan for the upcoming game. I don't know. To me, I, I think at that point the fans would say, "All right, we, we've had enough. We understand why Lincoln Riley is doing what he's doing. In Lincoln, we trust." Again, um, just this is my little mini rant, so I'm going to end it right here. There's always going to be the fan in in the media, especially the local media who's covered who covers this team. Um, and we're able to, um, relay that passion in words and in pictures, uh, for the, for the fans that are going to fill up that stadium, hopefully 77,500 strong when Rice shows up on September 3rd. All right. So, uh, again, the team will be re reporting back to practice Friday morning. And I'll be there to gather all of your notes and, and observations for a practice report. Um, but since there was no um, information that we could really report on from Thursday's practice, I thought I'd give you just a real quick uh, recruiting update. How's that? And you'll need to go over to wersc.com for uh, all the details. Um, however, um, because we're free, I'm not going to give away all the uh, all the subscriber VIP content. Nevertheless, uh, 
there could be two recruits ready to pull the trigger soon. One being Alani Noah, they, uh, that massive body with the Mauler mentality from Sacramento, California. Uh, he's being recruited to play on the interior offensive line, uh, but he would be a stud regardless of which side of the ball he played on. He has great footwork. Um, he's, I would love to see him actually lined up over the ball as a nose tackle. He's got that, uh, again, he's got that violent personality. And you want it on the offensive line, but I know that USC can use more immediate help on the defensive side of the ball right now. Uh, I think the offensive line recruiting is going to uh, eventually work itself out. Obviously, Alani Noah is part of those plans. And I'll explain, I'll get back to the recruiting uh, towards the end of the show on a, when we talk about a different subject matter and has to do with NIL. Um, but until then, uh, again, Alani Noah, big, massive body, great footwork. Uh, he just destroys the competition once he gets his hands on you. Uh, he could be pulling the trigger soon. I know uh, some people say, well, he's just another three-star. I think by the time the rankings are come out again, because these were, these things get re-ranked all the time, uh, he's going to be a four-star by the time he's done with his senior season. He's that good. And uh, other programs are starting to take notice as well, so... Um, another rec recruit that could be, uh, pulling the trigger is the defensive back safety from, um, Dow the Dallas, Texas area, Warren Roberson. <clears throat> um, he could also play wide receiver, but USC is recruiting him to play safety. So, uh, Dante Williams will, will get him first if he decides to choose USC. Now, one of the things that could be a factor for the Dallas native is distance. But again, when you go over to uh, wearesc.com and you read the recruiting articles, you'll see that, you know, he might be able, he might have already overcome the distance factor. So go check that out. And then uh, when you're done checking out that, why don't you head on over to Bet Online? BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. You can find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews of, and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, of course, they have you covered. Head to Bet Online today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, um, yesterday's episode, we talked about some of the early depth rotations that were starting to take shape. And again, these are really, really early in camp, and we're talking about stuff that's taking place after five days. They had practice today, which made it six on Thursday. Uh, they will finish up, I guess, one full week of camp on Friday with practice number seven. Um, but when we spoke to offensive line coach Josh Henson earlier in the week, uh, he might have shed some light on what the offensive line could look like when USC opens their season September 3rd when the Rice Owls come to town. 
uh, Henson said that uh, offensive tackle Bobby Haskins was coming along with his understanding of the scheme and that he's got some really good technique and cons- consistency about him. Uh, quote, he puts himself in positions to win a lot, Henson said. Just experience, just a seasoned operator. He doesn't make things hard on himself. Now, what's notable about that is uh, Bobby missed all the spring while he was covering from an off-season, I believe it, uh, he had off-season ankle surgery. So that experience lends itself well. He's you know, he's an older guy. He's 24, 25 years old. So um, he, he's he been through the wars. You know, he's got, I mentioned this before, he's got 20 starts under his belt, 45 games of experience uh, in his time over at Virginia. So, you know, again, seniors with that much experience don't typically transfer uh, with the intent to play backup, be a backup role. Um, I, Bobby might be perfectly content with that, uh, coming over here, helping USC, you know, win a championship. But the the depth on the uh, offensive line is definitely something that Henson has, you know, he's going to continue um to, to to really build upon. And the thing he likes is having guys who can play different positions, move around, play multiple positions. It gives them a big advantage during the season. And one of those guys that uh, that Henson has kind of raved about uh, is third-year sophomore uh, Jonah Monheim. Uh, he's open camp at right tackle, but he also has the ability to switch inside and play on the interior if needed. Um, he's got that body type. In fact, Hanson mentioned, he said he's just a little bit of a thicker body, maybe a little more of a guard body uh, when you're comparing him to the two different tackles, uh, you know, like Cortland Ford and and I just mentioned Bobby Haskins. Uh, Josh, uh, Coach Henson said that both Ford and, and Bobby are a little bit longer they're leaner guys. So when it comes to the physical nature and the, the amount of mass you want to have to block on the interior, uh, Jonah's probably more adept um, at making that type of transition. I'm not saying the other two can't do it, but Jonah is built for that. You know, um, some, something that center is his final position when he finishes up at SC and heads off to the NFL. We'll see, but again... You know, Coach Henson, he's starting to give some clues here. Um, so could the starting offensive line, when Rice comes to town, could it be uh, Bobby Haskins at right tackle with uh, Jonah and Justin Dietich battling for that right guard spot? Remember in yesterday's episode, I told we were talking about uh, work and extra work. And I mentioned that I saw Justin and Jonah Meinheim paired up working together, getting some extra work in. Is that a sign? Um, I still think Justin is going to be your starting right guard in 2023. I I really do think the starting offensive line um, is going to be Cortland Ford, Andrew Voorhees, Brett Nylon, Justin Dietrich, Jonah Meinheim. Bobby Haskins is going to be this year's, uh, let's call him this year's Andrew Voorhees because he could play tackle. Um, he could be, he could, he could play both sides. He's going to be that, 
that experienced guy who could who could play multiple positions, but so can Jonah Monheim. Um, so the the bottom line is Josh Henson and the offensive line, uh, they have a lot of depth and it's experience, and that's going to be huge for USC in 2022. All right, so when USC fans hear the words student body right, it conjures up member berries, memories of uh, past Trojan offensive linemen literally pulling and just destroying everything in their path as uh, you know, Heisman Trophy running backs were running to glory, um, as well as to bags of NFL cash. So student right, student body right 2.0 um, is back. And not everybody is happy about the way the play is being called. Specifically, USC. Uh, student body right is a new third-party collective. And USC is scared to death of these collectives. You know, we've talked, I've talked about it on, on the show, uh, the Miami and the Texas A&Ms of the world, how they're, you know, Tennessee, uh, how they're, they have a different view of NIL and, and how it's being used. And so these collectives are being formed to get creative and figure out ways to induce recruits to come to their programs. Well, welcome student body right. Um, and this came out, these guys made their, released their statement right after SMU, Southern Methodist, Southern Methodist University, uh, released a statement regarding their Boulevard Collective and how they plan to pay all their football and basketball players each $36,000 per year for NIL activity. That payout will total $3.5 million annually, which and is considered unprecedented compensation in college athletics. That's where we're at today. And USC fans, boosters, they're tired of watching USC slow play their own Boulevard Collective, uh, the Stay Doubted LLC. Um, USC is always going to err um, on the side of caution. They are, look, everybody remembers the whole Reggie, Reggie Bush scandal. <clears throat> and the sanctions that USC received from the NCA. Well, SMU actually received the real death penalty. Their program was shut down. They could not play football for a couple of years. It was bad. They, the NCA will never do that to another program again. USC came close. They took away 30 scholarships over a three-year period, essentially making it impossible to compete um, with in the Pac-12, let alone nationally. Um, so on the heels of SMU saying, we've got our own Boulevard Collective and we're going to be paying all of our football and basketball student athletes $36,000 annually as a salary, here comes Student Body Right a couple days later making a declaration that uh, 
we're ready to uh, get in the game. Well, USC would prefer they not get involved. And I don't know how emphatic USC was about not wanting any a third party to get involved. Um, some people think USC made their statement public with a, so they know, you know, so it's out there. But, you know, behind the scenes, they might have kind of gave a wink, wink to the student body, right? Hey, don't do this. Wink, wink. There's really nothing USC can do about this. And they know that. So I, them coming out with a statement publicly, I get it. They have to. Um, they want to make sure that their student athletes are protected. Uh, but again, um, I don't know how USC can what they can do about this. NIL is the wild, wild west. It's the wild, wild west right now. Um, yes, USC is getting ready to roll out some huge, huge deals. Uh, again, head on over to wersc.com. We've got a big story that talks about State Outed and Boulevard and some of the big deals that are going to be rolling out. Um, uh, their plan on how they plan, you know, want to collect $75 million dollars to be able to compensate their student athletes, but not just football and basketball, every student athlete. Student body right wants to get involved with football. Eventually, this thing's going to come to a head um, and things are going to have to work themselves out because, again, there's nothing USC can do about it. And I remember a time when... The Thundering Herd would be considered a third-party collective. Uh, the Thundering Herd privately collected donations and bought a golf cart and donated it to USC, the football the football program specifically. And USC was glad to accept that. And what did what did the Thundering Herd group get out of this? They got an area of season tickets to purchase. For standing room only. <clears throat> and that's kind of where student body right is coming from. They, they The fans are passionate again, and they want to be involved. Uh, they know that they can donate to Stay Doubted um, and the Boulevard stuff that USC has put together. However, student body right is a collective that is going to make USC more competitive with recruits. Whether USC wants it to happen or not, again, they can't do anything about it. Um, I'm just being pragmatic about this. As much as you fear what could possibly happen, if, if USC fans want to see the Trojans competing for the elite recruits, the five stars, and winning those recruiting battles against the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Texas A&M's, Miami's of the world, Ohio State, which are going to be a member of the same conference. This is what's going to be involved going forward. You've got the TV networks playing poker with each other. You know, ESPN recently pulled out of negotiations. Will we, you know, will we see USC on game day in the future? Who knows? Fortunately, Fox has their big noon kickoff show. So, again, this, things are changing so rapidly. 
Um, I can only offer my opinion on what I see, what I hear, what I read. I'm right now kind of on the fence with this whole student body right. I see the advantages, but I definitely see there are some negatives and it could, if this is not done the right way, um, a lot of people can get hurt. And I'm talking about the players. And when you're talking about these types of dollar amounts financially, and when the IRS wants their piece, if all the I's aren't dotted and the T's aren't crossed and you've got the right forms and you're starting to deal with six and seven figures as an 18, 19 year old. Yeah, I understand where USC is concerned and why they don't want uh, third party collectives getting involved. We'll see what happens. So uh, again, I'll be at practice Friday morning. We'll have Locked on USC back again five days next week. So until then, fight on, everybody.